battling a cold. So I will do my best not to hack and cough and sneeze into Dude, the microphone. Dude, I'm going to Halloween Horror Nights tonight. So Are you? there's nothing worse you could do to me than that place is going to do to me. All right. Can I tell you something? I'm actually really looking forward to it. Have you been this year I've yet? Been, yeah, I've been. I've got the freaking flyer pass. So I'm going my second time. Oh, do you yeah. really? I'm jealous. I haven't been yet this year. It's, it was cheap. It was only like 150 bucks for 16 Does that get you front of line access? It doesn't get you front of line. That's fine. It's, but, it's, but the way me and my girlfriend worked out the math was it was $200 for one night only for, uh, with a fast pass. Okay. Uh, but it was 150 to do... The one that gives you 16 other dates uh-huh. where you can, they pick the dates. Right. But it's 16 other dates you can go. And we were like, well, shit, let's just do this one. Right. And just go a bunch of times. And then that's like also. Then that you don't way. have to worry about front of line. Cause- and then on top, but then on top of that, it's like, <clears throat> well, shit, we keep spending like $100 on dates, date nights. So instead, what if we just make the entire month of October Going That's to Halloween Horror Nights because awesome. because then it's only one hundred and fifty dollars each, and then the twenty there's twenty five dollars every time we want to park there. If I had pitched that to my girlfriend, <laughs> she would throw my stuff out the window. Last, it's funny. Last year we went. I mean, I'm crazy. During, of course, uh, now now a car alarm goes yeah, off. Yeah, well, we're in L.A. It's either that or the helicopters. I've I have I have a cal- we just sat down last night and put the calendar together. Right, every night. Actually, it's and it started last week, um, and I'm really excited because Beyond Fest starts tomorrow night, mm. opening night. Uh, they which really kicks off my I season. Cur- I am now the editor of a podcast called Junk Food Cinema. Mm-hmm. Oh, I you, love Junk Food Cinema. You know Junk Food Cinema. Yeah. All right, so I'm the editor now. Okay. If you list the latest episode, is a, I get actually get a shout out for this really dumb thing I did with the, the Demolition Man. Are they still doing, are they in their, what is it, summer of? No, they're summer of 87. Summer of 87? That's over, no, that's they're over? Past, okay. That's past us. Now they're, they did Demolition Man this week. Red. Brian told me to, uh, every time we curse, once in a while, every time we curse, drop in the, uh, you were in violation of the verbal morality statute, Demolition Man. <laughs> yes. And I took that a step further and just laid it in every time they curse underneath the audio. <laughs> so every time Brian, so when Brian goes into his Joel Silver impression, you yeah. just hear the beeping overlaying over himself. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> give those guys my best. Tell them I love the show. Keep all of, no, all I, of you. Keep I've up the told, good work. I've told Brian that when we sit down, I want to do a Patreon episode of junk food tv because they haven't they've never done it properly in your oh. i'm putting dimension on the list oh thank you that's fine shows to watch des dolly you're on the show des dolly you are the creator of one of my favorite shows of this year dimension 404 which i didn't think i'd love as much as i did <laughs> <laughs> like like i i mean i knew it'd be good but then there's like good and then there's wow this really is <clears throat> on par with every other great sort of weird genre show that's happening at, in this current oh, era. I don't know about that, but thank you. So before we give up, before we continue, I do quickly want to do some paperwork. Go to patreon.com slash war tetris. You're gonna get the first 20 minutes of this for free if you're listening on iTunes, first 20 minutes. Uh, go to patreon.com slash war tetris, give me a dollar an episode, and you get the full hour with Des Dolly. If you give me three dollars an episode, you get the full hour plus a bonus episode we're gonna that record is after this. A hell of a deal. It is a great deal. I've never you. Fantastic. I've never charged anyone for access. You know, I used to not. <laughs> I realized that I was giving them too much for free. And I realized they just got pulled back. Well, you, you, know, do, you do your I'm, homework. I am valuable. You do, your time is your time <laughs> is valuable. You do good work. Yeah, you guys should support my Is own. there anything you want to plug before we move forward? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nope. You're already you're if you get these guys to cough up a buck or three on your Patreon, <laughs> uh, that's I fully support it. Let's get into this because okay. Dimension is such a it's such an accomplishment. It's a weird accomplishment because it somehow is a high quality show that pretends it's not a high quality show. Okay. And that's it because no, because everything looks cheesy and weird, but it's so clearly intentional. I would say it was funny. Is cheesy and weird about yes, it. Yes, no, absolutely. I, I don't deny that. Uh, weird is, you know, the if you were to look at a word cloud of everything we said over the last many years of development, that's the biggest one on there. You know, as far as uh, like a tonal goal for the show, weird is good. Um, but I guess it's your description of it, you know, pretending to be cheesy. I think it, like our approach was probably the reverse. It was we knew this was a very cheap, weird show. Right. And we did our best to pretend like it was more important. But, the, you but, know, but, but the, not without being pretentious. Right. But, but, the, but, the, but, the, but the thing is. Maybe it's because you knew what you were. It's you never at any point either feel cynical about being a B show mm-hmm. or feel uh, like um, you're better than an A show. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's just this is what it is. It's what we love. We're gonna like we're going like, and, but it still has amazing lines. Like when um, Community Guy, well, I can't remember his name, Joel McHale. Joel McHale Great. says the line. Uh, cows don't leave the slaughterhouse, steaks do. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I paused the episode and I was like, they didn't do that. They didn't just write that. I remember you, good. you, I think I you tweeted at me. Did. Yeah. I was like, there's no way this show has a line that good. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Well, thank you. Right. And, but, and it continues throughout like the, the, was it the, what was the thing called the jumps time? The thing you drink and it jumps time? Impulse. Impulse. Mm-hmm. That like that's fucked. It's, it's such a fucked up, weird episode that has such a crazy turn that works. Sure. It's. I remember once I heard Dave Chen describe watching uh, Looper, and mm-hmm. he explained that it feels like a movie that's always just about to go off the rails, mm-hmm. and right before it does, it comes back. Sure. And that's what the experience of watching Dimension Four Hundred Four was like. And what I'm wondering is. How much of that was discovered in the first draft mm-hmm. and how much of that was discovered over the laborious process of rewriting those episodes, I have to imagine, over, over and, and over, over again. again. Well, yeah, we, we I can take you through our process. It was certainly strange and I've never worked in a traditional writer's rooms, but I can only imagine it, it, it resembles nothing. Uh, like, like what yours. you would find in a, in a, on a, prof- a more quote unquote professional, uh, <laughs> network or cable series. Um, it, it, to answer your query, it was a combination of both. Um, but leaning more heavily towards being found in the rewriting process, mm-hmm. you know? So when you bring up something like impulse, that premise of, you know, an energy drink that, uh, can basically give you bullet time, but then the adverse effect is the snapback that jumps you forward in time that existed in the initial draft stage, you know, and, and that is true for all of the like core, what we would call the sci-fi hooked of every uh, hook of every episode existed in the initial draft stage. All the other weird stuff you're talking about mm-hmm. was found through a, a very lengthy um, and bizarre rewrite slash why was, development why process. Bizarre? Um, well, you know, these 
I've told the story a couple of times. These episodes, but basically to take you a step back, Dimension 404 was the initial concept was to just do short films. Right. Um, like YouTube shorts. Exactly. Right. That's all this was going to be. And we were thinking about maybe we'll kickstart it and this will be. I remember you guys were talking about as early back as um, the year, the year, the year video game high school ended and you guys were on the press tour. Yeah. And I, I think the, the conversation started, well, we, I, I recall being at our first office. So this is probably as far back as 2000. So the one that was in. Well, the one this one downtown Los Angeles. Oh, that one. Yeah. Like, oh, First the one office. That, the one that Quarter Digital now has all of. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when it was like, uh, you know, a, a bedroom, so to speak. Um, we were real startup territory back then. And, and the, that was the idea like, hey, you know, it'd be great to do sci fi shorts. Um, and was, the other co creators on the show had a couple of really interesting short scripts and other short ideas. And they had that, you know, kick ass title for the show at Dimension 404. So it was something that we wanted to do in, in short form. And we just thought, you know, as we have time, we'll, we'll roll one or two stories out at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was when we got involved with the studio many years later where they said, no, let's, that's about. correct. Let's do this as a traditional television series. So, um, the, all these now, hold episodes, on. Wait, hold on a second. go ahead. Interesting to me about that is, when I think about the timing of that, so they said that, what, around 2011, 2012? No, actually, later, like 2013, I think 13, 14, 13, 14. Sounds about right. At that time, and still now, no one's doing episodic anthologies. They're doing season anthologies. So... Yeah, is there... there no, I'm sure I there has think, to That be. was the other thing. That was the other thing that made the show so unique is no one was doing the episodic well, what, anthology anymore. Well, you got Black Mirror... That was probably the only one. It was yeah. what the which is, and that was oh that was why the comparison was so weird because like I remember I think I wrote that that everyone said you're the B movie Black Mirror. I was like yes. no, it's you're better than the B movie Black Mirror. Oh, like, I appreciate that. Although no, but I did write that you. Oh, I remember what it was. I said, <laughs> I said you are the um, uh, fall of fall of the fall of New York the the Italian knockoff of Escape, Escape from New, New York. York that, right. I forgot twenty forty nine the. Battle from New York, whatever. Mm-hmm. You are the that to Black Mirror's Escape from New York. Which, I like that comparison. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, that really, I got a kick out of that. So you weren't doing episodic anthology. Yeah, you're right. I, I do remember, like, we had a, a panic attack when uh, the first three episodes of Black Mirror on BBC dropped. Right. When we were uh, writing the series uh, as a half hour show. Because. Um, you know, as you point out, no one was doing episodic anthology. We thought we were going to slip right back into that niche that existed. Um, and we, we really, I always say that I dig that show, but I was, we were all relieved after watching it to find that totally it's, it's so, very different. It's so serious. It's part of the reason why I don't like it that much. Like, I would say that although, you know, I, I try to put a fine point on it that we were not responding to black mirror in a way this was not we we didn't sit down and go let's do a show like black mirror but do it different you know this had been in the oven so to speak for you know years prior to that Mm -hmm. but i guess i'd be lying if i didn't say we were influenced in some respect i would argue it helped you in that you do it if you do it before here's the thing by black mirror coming doing bringing back the episodic anthology Mm -hmm. which still outside of you two no one else is doing right um by it bringing it back, your pitch goes from, uh, well, we kind of want to do this. Did you like the Twilight Zone? Cool. We kind of want to do the Twilight Zone, but we want to make it 
funnier. Um, you know, do something like that. Now your pitch becomes, oh yeah, it's just Black Mirror, but funny. Like that's it's like sure. a much shorter pitch that everyone can understand. It's kind of like how if I, you walk into a room right now and say, "I want to do Stranger Things in space," <laughs> someone can picture what that is. Sure. Yeah. And that it's that kind of or I want to do Game of Thrones um in the Antarctic. Mm-hmm. Like that like it's one it be, suddenly Black Mirror allows you to develop an elevator pitch. Yes. For the show and that's basically a very very slim stripped down elevator pitch of Dimension 404. It's Black Mirror but funny. And I think that really helped writing uh the rest of the episodes for the series and then as far as, you know, being a showrunner kind of making sure everyone's sails are set correctly and mm-hmm. knowing we're steering the exact opposite direction. Now you guys can look at that and say, Oh, that's the essentially the opposite of what we've been talking about doing for years. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so we're, so you're, so now you've been told by Lionsgate, we're going to do a traditional TV show. You're going to do an episodic anthology. Mm-hmm. What was written, what wasn't written. And then what got rewritten after that fact? Oh, uh, that's a great question. Um, I can't remember how many scripts we had at that time. Did you have more than six? <sighs> Uh, One six stories. Yeah, we did. You know, it'd be fun to share the Google Doc with you. I'd have to ask the other writers if if, <laughs> if they wouldn't mind. But it was you know pages and pages and pages because the first couple of years, you know, we were trying to find the voice of the show, and so we would just constantly pitch new episode ideas. So there were, I mean, probably nearly a hundred or so. And and the six that were in <clears throat> were in that original were in that original group or they were developed after the fact? Uh, most of them were, I'm sure there were a couple that snuck in out of nowhere. You know, uh, we never, there was never a point where we said, all right, now we're moving on, you know, like close the gates on that part of the process. It was always very fluid. Mm -hmm. Um, probably made things more difficult, but uh, you know, I'm I'm fascinated that we're basically, you're basically talking about rewriting before writing, which is something that's mm -hmm. come up a lot in the last few episodes. Yeah. Is that there's so much, Rewriting. I'm about to go into outlining my new pilot. Okay. And what I'm discovering is that I'm trying to do it the right way this time for the for the for, usually I do what's on that board mm-hmm. and then go write the script. Right. Right. But this time I was like, all right, I want to try doing this the right way. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna actually write an outline, and mm-hmm. then now suddenly realizing the process of, oh shit, I'm gonna have to do rewrites on on the outline before I even get to the script. Right. Which I'm I'm daunted by. <laughs> yeah, no, we we did a lot of that, and that's probably why it took us so long to, you know, get the show into production. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine if if I had more discipline uh, or understood more as a showrunner those those deadlines you need to impose mm-hmm. i don't know what kind of effect it would have had on the show i'd be curious to see that alternate timeline of how those scripts would have would have if uh, you were just shook free out range. if if we had the opposite of free range which mm-hmm. is what we had you know basically we would come into the room every day and it was essentially my uh, uh co-writer and co-creator will campos and i and our staff writer uh jake andrews and jake andrews was our you know, the three of us would, would break stories together. Jake was like our hired crazy guy, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> um, Will and I were always trying to keep the structure uh, in check. And Jake was the guy we would look to to really bring the weird and crazy. Um, but yeah, every... And he was a staff writer. That's correct. You know, that, that's so... Fun. Hold on, I want to yeah. pause on that for a second. <laughs> it keeps coming up. 
this is it came up in the first episode it came up in the sean episode now mm-hmm. it's coming up again this thing i thought was told by matt nix who i guess i have to have on the show at some point they told me i don't hire i hire a staff writer bring me awesome the weird and the crazy. Oh, sure. I don't hire a staff writer to actually produce anything. I will hire a tenure vet to do that. Mm-hmm. But I hire the staff writer to bring the weird shit. Yeah. So he, your staff writer actually did the staff writer's job, which was to bring. Uh, and he was incredible at it. <laughs> well, the shit the, he would throw. How do you bring the weird and crazy to the weird <clears throat> and crazy? You know what I mean? Because your show was designed to be weird and crazy. So what the fuck did he throw at you that... When did you go, okay, that's fucked up? <laughs> yeah, it, it was just, it was, again, I think the fact that we had a lot of time, mm-hmm. you know, each of these, uh, as self-contained, episodic, uh, anthological episodes, you know, each was essentially like writing a pilot and a finale. Mm-hmm. So it was a very difficult process. Um, and we were all trying to, I had never worked with this specific crew before, so we were all just trying to, you know, find our mojo together and we were always trying to identify what was the unifying you know theme for the show what is the core voice for the show and luckily we just you know the studio gave us a lot of free reign in the development process to just rewrite and find that so once you got through all of that and Mm -hmm. you got to the point where okay your first drafts so how did it work were you did you write an episode and then rewrite final rewriting and rewrite until it's finalized then move on or were you writing multiple ones at once uh we would take it one episode at a time Mm -hmm. so what was the process then take me through you you guys outline it you pitch it you outline it you get the first draft written and the first drafts they were written by single writers they were gang written uh, it's a combination, okay. uh, and it depends on how far back you look and which iteration. Because, again, there's sort of three stages of each uh, script. It's, mm-hmm. Some existed uh, in a short, uh, like, tw- 8 to 12-page uh, script. Then some of those were rewritten uh, for a half-an-hour format. Other stories didn't exist in the 12 12- page format and they were written you know basically broken and written for a half hour uh and then out of that batch some of those had to be all of those that existed had to be written as hour-long episodes Mm -hmm. there were three that i believe did not exist as half an hours so those or maybe only two or might actually just been polybius that was broken specifically as an hour-long story and polybius was the oh that was that the that was that was that the big brain uh, that's bomb. Polybius was the uh, the arcade episode. Okay. Yes. Okay. I remember that one. Um, so you know they all <laughs> because the development process and the type of show that the uh, studio was granting us access to make was shifting. So too did the writing process. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as far as was, was that all the way into, but was that <clears throat> did that extend all the way into the point where Hulu came on board or it did. It did. Yeah. So at what point did you get to the stage where the things we were writing were the things that were going to be in what the iteration that we saw? That was essentially after, uh, I, let me think. I'm a little muddy on the specific details, but I'm pretty sure it was around the time we were selling the show to Hulu. We were in negotiations. Mm-hmm. And... So you had they, done a shit ton of development before Hulu. We had done out. a shit ton of development. This basically, you know, we're a couple of at the time still, um, regardless of any. any- to hear the rest of this episode, head on over to Patreon.com/slash Word Tetris.